on holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight, so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel. Hey out there, I'm Rain Phoenix. I am here to share with you that we have a new Patreon page for Launch Left. Launch Left is a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left-of-center artists. It's an intentional space and an ecosystem to talk about art and activism, to talk about changing the culture and the industry from one of competition to one of kindness and collaboration. And for those of you who've heard the podcast, you know this. We bring on known artists who pick the next great emerging artists and the ones that are a little left of center, the ones that are outside the box, the ones that might not make it to a normal commercial public domain, as it were. Become a patron today. Hi, I'm Rain Phoenix. This is Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism. It's a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. You can find us at launchleft.com, at launchleft on all socials. Please rate and subscribe. Our guest today, Dreamwife. Please welcome them to the show. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Dreamwife. Yeah, really good. Excited, excited to be here and get to speak to you. Your music is so fun and also laden with meaning. And um, I'm curious how you guys met. Yeah, we, uh, we actually met. We grew up in Somerset, um, quite rurally, uh, and we met at Mid-Somerset Battle of the Bands when we were 16, Alice's band played, and it was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my whole life. Um, yeah, and then we, we moved to Brighton to study art, um, and I actually ended up moving in with Raquel through a Gumtree advert, so we were, we were housemates before we were wives. When you guys met and started playing music together, did you kind of form with a purpose to get somewhere or say something, or was it just uh, merely for the joy of music? We formed because Raquel and I, we went on a a sober night out with our housemates, and we decided that we wanted to go on holiday. Well, we wanted to visit our friends who lived in Canada, but we were like, "We we can't just go... To Canada we have to form a band and tour Canada um and then yeah it kind of became a number of different things I guess it was kind of wrapped up in uh part of Raquel's like university stuff um yeah you used to talk about that but for for me and Alice particularly because we I was studying painting and she was studying sculpture music existed in this really like fun place outside of the institution where you didn't have to kind of worry about all the kind of rules about what art is or should be and you could just you could just have fun and play and collaboration as well like it felt really exciting to move into a space of collaboration so like it didn't have to have this kind of full-blown idea mold around it how often that how art practice was in uni you had like completely you had to always have an end result I felt and this was a kind of a way to just have fun and create without having to have an end result and if you don't mind me asking how did music find each of you I like that you said if you don't mind me asking 
because it, I guess it's quite personal. It is. It's a nice way to phrase that. It's like, yeah. How did music find you? Uh, I'm really lucky that I grew up in a family um, of artists and theater people. I very much linked music to performance. That kind of music found me quite young because I, I just wanted to be like, you know, my family and Dolly Parton as well. <laughs> so she, she was a formative artist for you? Yeah, I was really lucky. I grew up in California when I was a kid up until the age of 10, but then I went back to Iceland. But uh, my mom signed me up for the Imagination Library that Dolly Parton has. Uh, do you know the one? The Imagination yeah. Library. That sounds like the best oh. thing ever. Uh, I haven't told you about this? No. Okay. <laughs> Anything to do with Dollywood? No, it doesn't. It's probably something totally different. Now I need to know. I was yeah. like, oh, she, you know? Has, she has all these incredible, you know, she has, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a big company that Dolly Parton has um, sort of around her. This is one of her charities that she founded in the 80s. And it was because she wanted to sort of help children learn how to read. And her father was illiterate and always wished that he could read. So it was a kind of in his, in his honor. So she started this book club and it's now grown since the 80s to about a million kids around the world get a free book each month as part of the Dolly Parton um, Imagine, Imagination Library. And you, she picks different child authors also for huge for children's authors um, to be part of this book club. And it's just encouraging children to read. So uh, the first book you got was Dolly Parton's book, which is uh, her children's book called The Code of Many Colors after her song. And there was this big picture of Dolly on the back of the book. And it was my favorite book when I was a kid. It's about, um, it's about the value of life. Uh, growing up poor, but you're not poor because family is the most valuable thing. So it's more about just looking at what are your values. Oh, I love Dolly. But it wasn't until like after, you know, I read that, that was my favorite book as a kid and then I discovered Dolly a bit later on, musically. That's a, I recommend it. That's a great influence. <laughs> Do you like Dolly? I do. Strangely enough, I covered the song Code of Many Colors. How did you feel singing that song? What feeling did it evoke? Well, I think it it just touched upon what I was raised with, was which was that idea of like family and, and love was far more important than wealth. And, and also just sort of like how important it is to be strong regardless of the adversity of other people and their opinions of you, you know? Yeah, I love that we're having a Dolly Dolly moment. Hope she sees this episode. Well, how did music find you, Isabella? I, I never thought I was going to be a musician. This really wasn't my plan. Um, honestly, how it found me was probably through, like, hymns and stuff, which um, I was very anti-religious as a child, but I went to... A Christian school. I also I loved I loved the singing. You know, we'd sing hymns every day, and it yeah that that kind of way of connecting with a group. And my parents always played a lot of music in the house. Uh, my dad my dad loves the indie rock, and my mum my mum used to play a lot of Motown. And she took me to see Green Day when I was twelve. 
but yeah, kind of played in a few bands when I was, uh, or AA band in, in my teens, where I was just kind of brought in to kind of play the glockenspiel and the harmonium. And um, that was super, super fun and experimental and stuff. And then, yeah, I started learning how to play bass when we decided to do Dreamwife. Like I had a little bit of background in guitar, so it wasn't uh, starting from complete scratch, but yeah yeah it's been it's been a surprise and I still kind of struggle to kind of understand myself as a musician or I, pl I play the bass in a band and that's what I do with most of my life but I don't know if I could call myself a musician but I, I also feel okay about that you are a musician you are that's okay you can take your time deciding that's yourself because I, I feel like then I would be like um, I'm an artist, I'm an artist, and music is one of the ways in which I express that. Yeah. But I also get very confused about the idea of being an artist, because I think an art, an artist, that it should be a verb rather than a noun, you know? I think, I think it's a practice rather than something that you inherently are. Beautiful. I just get confused with words sometimes, and I'm always like, what do the words really mean? Um, you just decide what they mean, and that's what they mean. And then you can, you know, if you need to explain it yes. to someone, then you explain it to someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are no rules, you know, except the ones you make, and try not to make any, in, except don't harm anyone. That's my one rule. Yeah. <laughs> Harmlessness is like one thing I try to live by. The rest, oh, yeah. try to keep it open and fluid and see what feels right and not, you know, just don't be a dick is another way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the right way to move through the world. And the one, Wait, Ray, yeah. Before you go into yeah. your question, I'm quite yeah. curious to how you got into music. Oh my god! Oh yeah, tell us your story. How did music find me? If you don't mind us asking, if you don't mind. Wow, no one's ever asked me that. That's a really good question. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, music found me before I found it. I was three years old and I, I guess I sang out loud and um, my brother had always played guitar. He was two years older and, uh, and I sang along to something and my voice apparently was really great or people really liked it, like my mom and dad and brother. And so next thing I knew, I was like, kept singing with him. And that's how music found me. It was very sort of organic. You know, I was just a kid singing along to stuff and then it became sort of like something I just did all the time with him. He would write songs when he was really young and I would sing with him. So well, it was more like that. I didn't find it necessarily through, um, in terms of how music found me that inspired me, it was things my parents played around the house. They, they liked all kinds of music from like Steely Dan to Carole King to Steel Pulse, Bob Marley. Like that, that whole 60s, 70s era, you know, that would be playing around the house and that was always inspiring. But yeah, in terms of how, how I came to music, it was sort of just uh, very young. So then it became who I am today. It's sort of just part of me. It wasn't very conscious. It was just like, okay, I do this now because it feels right. Yeah. Did your brother yeah. teach you how to play guitar? He did. He taught me like three or four folk chords that I still write with today. <laughs> I write oh, those. Oh, if I write, if I write the music, I always play those four chords to write with. You know, in different configurations with capos, so they're keyed differently. 
Thank you for sharing. Thank you for asking. That was super sweet. Two questions that I always ask. One is how did music find you? And the second is about activism and what you what you champion as an artist or what finds its way into your work as an artist um, for others. I think where I'm at with this in my, my personal journey with it, because I think like I've never defined as an activist. Like I, I don't think about this band in an inherently activist way but like it's often really really received that way you know and I think I think we kind of try and do things on our our terms and kind of you know we did things like we set up these meetups before our tour um yeah so we'd be like playing a show in a city and we'd invite kind of 30 odd young people from the area and get like local uh promoters or producers or like people that are kind of involved in music um like mostly women and non-binary people uh to come and we'd all sit down on the floor together and have a chat about the local music scene and like people's relationships to music and stuff like that um and yeah I think I think for me really it's kind of and okay it's, it's a contradiction and I think contradictions are interesting and super important and should be paid the closest attention to and aren't necessarily a bad thing um, because I think within a kind of patriarchal world, the contradict like things that contra- things contradict each other all the time, yeah. and 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 that's just completely natural. Um, but I think it's this kind of trying to address the sort of this kind of upward trajectory totemic thing, you know, um, like we're not we're not these like kind of unreachable, untouchable performers on a pedestal. We're like regular people that want to hold a conversation with people in a city about. Um, how how the music scene there works like i think that a big part of it is trying to diffuse the power in certain ways and to spread that out and like even in just kind of like one-on-one conversations you have with people after the shows just like being like are you in a band you should start a band with people you trust and like the amount of people that like are in bands now after we've had conversations with them about it, it like it's a really good feeling I think that sounds like a form of community activism. You know, even if you're going into new communities and having these meet and greets, it's like you're you're creating small community pods where you're inspiring each other or sharing, you know, which is not that common and rather cool. I like that. Yeah, and now we've got some more space from tour. It's exciting thinking about how, how we can kind of like... Um, yeah, empower those groups of people even more to kind of stay in touch with each other and work with each other after after that situation. And also how to make it more of like a kind of grounding safe space as well. Like I think I want to introduce kind of bits of meditation and stuff like that into that environment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think about music as a kind of meditative sort of experience, like where you can, it's to do with like going down into your body and letting go of the thinking stuff. Um, and I, I want to find ways to be able to share thoughts around that with people a bit more, but I'm, yeah. Do you know Girls Rock? Girls Rock. Yeah, Girls Rock. Um, I guess it's international, but you uh, volunteers get together uh, in certain cities around the world. There's one in London, um, and they found these great rock camps, and for both women and also for younger people, to get together, pick up an instrument, try different types of instruments. And everything from like making your own logo to to sort of various ways of encouraging uh, yeah. women, trans, and non-binary people to to sort of 
from their own community around music and also their own approach, which I think is really great. So often, if I look back at my own musical education, there's a lot of pressure to be perfect. Uh, I feel like especially put on women to, like for me personally, it took me a while to call myself a musician as well, even though I had like years worth of musical background, um, thanks to my parents. But I still, I still struggled with it because, because uh, I didn't feel like I was good enough, and I feel like that's so ingrained in women from a young age, especially when it comes to skills. So what Girls Rock does is like just take that away and just like pick up any instrument and play, make friends, and sort of empowering each other, and sort of strip away that kind of idea that you have to be perfect and able to or play it live. Like they have a, they have like a live show at the end of the camp, so I think it's such a great way of allowing play, and I think that's quite yeah. I guess that's community activism. I also kind of want to speak to um, the what a kind of high energy live show we have. I think a a lot of the time from the kind of feedback you get, people are really shocked to see people in bodies like ours being as physical and a as aggressive and as kind of present in, in our bodies in a certain way. Like I think kind of there, there are elements to the way in which we take up space that could be considered activism. I know I really could have done with seeing this band play when I was a teenager to know that you could exist in those ways, you know? It's taken me a really, really long time to get comfortable in my body enough to be able to kind of let go in the way that you need to in order to kind of perform in the way that we do. Um, that kind of like submission to the body, you know? I was like, so, so afraid of my body and so afraid of being in my body and I think uh being able to provide an example of like a really embodied experience is really powerful like that that's been what being in this band has given me more than anything on a personal level like the experience of being in my body and like feeling safe in my body and feeling like I can express from inside my body um and I, I think providing an example of that is important I agree completely I think that's a really good point you ladies are so lovely. This was this was great. I feel like now I just want to play your video for sports and have people listen to it and watch it and go rah rah rah. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. No problem. Yeah, taking the time to talk to us. Likewise. Thank you again for sharing your music and your art with Launch Left's community. Thank you. Good day. Fuck, sorry, fuck, please will you so kindly start again.
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 